How do you sort out the so-called jargon from real-world practices that work? Do the members of your organization find some business advice utterly confusing? Welcome to the 2020s Enterprise with Sam Holzman. In this program, we set the record straight and in terms that people at any level of business and technology can understand. Now, here is your host, Sam Holzman. Welcome to this episode of the 2020s Enterprise. I'm Sam Holzman, and the topic today is going to be on business architecture and the concept of actually developing business capabilities for your organization. And in a previous episode of the 2020s Enterprise, and we titled that particular episode, Business Architecture, Identifying Business Capabilities, we defined real business architecture. So I'm going to just repeat that definition and then get into how actually an organization can figure out using a methodology, a process, the capabilities they need to move from their as-is state to the desired state. And that concept is called business architecture. So business architecture is explicitly representing an organization's desired state and as-is state through a set of independent, non-redundant artifacts, defining how these artifacts relate with each other, from that developing a set of prioritized and aligned capabilities needed to meet the organization's missions or goals in the future state. And from this development, an imperative is communicating, communicating excuse me, this understanding to the stakeholders and advancing the organization to the desired state that's there. And that's just a brief definition that we covered in a previous episode of the 2020s Enterprise. And what we want to do today is to actually talk to you about developing this. And the reason we call it real business architecture is that we're looking at more than technology. We're looking at what business capabilities are actually required uh, in the organization that's there. And we're going to describe that to you through a methodology, a process. And the methodology has five basic steps. And the first step is actually beginning the effort. And the reason we call it a project within a process is that we're talking about a continuous activity here. And as the business keeps changing, of course, we want to be ahead of it. We want the architecture, the elements, the capabilities to lead the organization rather than lag. And this is really what we would refer to as an agile enterprise. That's what we're looking for. And we know now that change and competition is going to be continuous. There is no break in the action anymore. And that's why we need a process to be able to do that. And so that process has five steps. The first is beginning. I know that sounds kind of silly. We're going to be starting it, and we call that a project preparation. And from that, we're going to be doing some modeling. We're going to be making some explicit representations, as we mentioned in the definition, so people can understand that. Now, these models are human consumable. We're not talking about building representations and model mania for technology we're talking about building a series of representations that the business people can understand that explicitly represent where they want to go and where they are so we can build a roadmap from the asset state to the desired state. And from that, we can define, build capabilities, not by declaration or possibly gut feel, but through analysis. What is the way that we can do this in a traceable and transparent manner? And the way that we start that is through a series of business models, and we're going to be describing those. From that, we're going to do some analysis. We're going to analyze those models using a bit of science, a bit of mathematics, and then, of course, we're going to be using business judgment. We have to do that because mathematics and sciences only go so far when you have things as abstract as business capabilities and directions the organization is going to. But we're going to be using some mathematics and science to get us started. And from that, we're going to have the computer, if I can use that phrase, start off, give us a starting point for the capabilities that we can possibly look at. And the reason we want to do that is we want that traceability and transparency. 
So we have the understanding of the goals of the organization, the processes that they need to do, the data or the materials they use to perform those processes, the skills that are required to carry out the organization's missions, the locations they're going to be operating on, and finally the events that they need to react to. And we combine all of that into a recipe, and basically what will come out of that is what we refer to as the business area capabilities that the organization needs to move to its desired state to achieve its mission objectives or to meet the goals of the organization, depending if you're a federal government organization, state government, if you're a private sector company, large, small, you all have goals that you're trying to achieve. And there's a lot of different names that people use for that. But I'm just going to use the, the general term, goals that we're trying to achieve. And from that, we get a blueprint, essentially. Just like you're building a house, you have something that you can look at and say, this makes sense. Let's go ahead and now enable that. And then we just have a couple of quick steps before we actually get started. And that's reviewing those capabilities with the business stakeholders to say, here's what we need. And we're going to do some mapping. If these are the goals that you're trying to achieve, here's the capabilities that you need to do that. Now, within those, some of these, three of these, for example, are pretty good. We've got those. They're in-house. Two of these we're sort of okay on, and we've got some metrics that you know can be put against that. And five of these, we really don't have the capabilities to do that. And of course, there's various alternatives that we can use for the implementation of that. And then we'll transition to essentially working through that and getting those capabilities by building them, buying them, leasing them, renting them, developing them, of course, Some of those could be our core competencies, and some of those could be proprietary. And as we all know, the Internet has no best practices. The Internet has published practices. So the things we're really looking at, if I can be so blunt, will cost us money. Now, some of those things, of course, we have internal, and those DNA elements, as I love to call them, are our gold that's there. It's what we use to differentiate ourselves that are there. So we have a preparation step, and this is going to be a key thing, as you'll see in just a moment, a set of modeling activities that give us explicit representations that human beings can review, and let me add, in less than 90 seconds. This is one of the gates that we need to go through, because what we're talking about things here is things that the organization needs. Business people need to understand these things not just the technology people, and we don't want to burden the business people with learning a, quote, new language. This is their business as an expressive manner. If I'm talking to business people right now, I think you know what I mean sometimes. When people come to you with representations, you say, what is this? And that's why we have the criteria of being able to look at something and say, yep, I get what they're trying to say here. I get what we're trying to say here in less than 90 seconds. Who's involved in this? We have three groups of people that we suggest are involved in building and understanding the capabilities the organization needs to move forward. And we just dub these groups the planning team, the core team, and the review team. These are just names that we have. Now, who are they? The core team are usually the subject matter experts in the organization And they could understand the as-is state. They could understand the desired state. They're the ones that are looking at what do we need, what do we need in the organization to move forward? And we call them subject matter experts. And they may understand the goals that we're trying to achieve. They may only understand the processes that are in the as-is state. So there's going to be a mix of people that are involved there. The review team, who are they? Second set of eyes. It's kind of important we have that sort of level checking going on. The people that create the understanding, core team, and then you have that second set of eyes to take a fresh look at this to see if it makes any sense. And the third group of people we have are the business architecture practitioners, the people that actually know how to do the methodology, know how to build the house, so to speak, know how to put a blueprint together for a house. In our case, a series of capabilities the organization needs to move forward. So we have the core team, subject matter experts, 
review team, second set of eyes, and what we refer to as the planning team, those people are the ones that actually are have an understanding of the concepts of business architecture. They're the practitioners. They're the architects, the people that know how to put the blueprints together that other people can develop. And just like in the physical world, we have two sets of talents. We have, in the physical world, architects and general contractors. And both of those skills are required. Same thing here. And what we're talking about here in our discussion are the people that are the blueprinters, and we call them the business architects. So let's get started. Let's get started. So I talked about this concept of project preparation. And this is something that we studied quite a bit and still study. And the reason I say we're still studying it, it needs to be something that is a bit different than a lot of technologists think about. We need to study the ability of human beings to understand complexity. These are not compilers we're talking about. These are human beings. They're you and I. And if I want to have something that you can understand, I've got to know something about the capabilities of most people's human mind. Well, why don't we go out and figure that out? Why don't we go out and talk to people that have made that their lifelong learning and figure out what's going on? And boy, can we learn a lot about that particular thing and frankly, some of the things that we have been doing wrong as technologists in the past. So this concept of human consumability comes through understanding and studying and talking to people that are experts in human behavior, group dynamics, understanding of complexity and things like that. And when we get that understanding, we start recognizing that there are certain things that we need to do to have a high degree of probability of success in what we do. Now, what does that mean? Well, I'm sure that all of you have been involved in some kind of projects, and it doesn't have to be about architecture. It could be about anything. And traditionally, the first thing that's done is what? You know, a series of interviews. You've got your people that go out there, they put on their nice white lab coats and they have their nice uh, clipboards and, and whiteboards and markers and they go out and interview you. And you feel good about that. And that's something to be proud of. The problem is, if we talk to people that have studied this for decades, not hours or weeks, decades, they call that... <laughs> a top-of-mind understanding. And they also will tell you that's the worst possible way to get an understanding of what needs to be done in an organization. Underline worst. And this is based on multiple studies, multiple sets of, of research activities that are out there. They're not in the technology literature. They're in the human behavior literature. And so what they tell us is we have to be cognizant of these types of things. So how do we actually do this in order to look at success? Well, we can go out there and ask them, and here's what they're gonna tell you. What we need to do is to put together something that the people we're talking to, the core and review team, can look at and comment on rather than saying, what's the first thing you need to do in the morning, or what do you think the capabilities are of X, Y, and Z? These open-ended blank questions, which are traditionally done, frankly, without much research and thought as to if it's a good practice or not, are massive failures. And what they'd say is, it's because of the concept of top of mind. Now, what is that? What is that? What is that concept of top of mind? Well, it's just what it says. It's whatever you're thinking about at the moment. Now, sometimes that could be spot on. But in general, through the studies that have been done, the success rate there is marginal at best. It's because we don't know what occurred in that person's mind 
one millisecond before we came to talk to them. Did they have a good day? Did they have a bad day? Did they have a good morning? Did they have a bad morning? What were they thinking about before? Did they have a successful meeting before? Did they have a bad meeting? Did they have any meeting at all? Were they late to work? Did they have a family issue? All these things are in people's minds because we're human beings. We're all of us are human beings. And so we have to recognize that there's a condition that occurs when we ask people questions. And when we ask people questions, most people want to respond. They want to give you an answer because we're expecting an answer. And that's why it's traditionally called top of mind understanding. And what we have to recognize is that's as good as the top of mind that we have there. Now, there are, also, there are some alternatives, of course, that we're going to be talking to you about that we strongly recommend that you do. And we're going to be discussing those alternatives in just a few minutes after the break. So this is Sam Holzman. We're talking about business architecture, developing capabilities. Take a short break, and then we're going to talk about what is the best way to get started in figuring out what the capabilities are for your organization. See you back here in a few minutes. Is your organization in the internet age when those around you are moving into the information age? Are your hallway conversations filled with words and phrases like blockchain, AI, VR, cloud computing, and micro this and that? Are you interested in bringing some method to the madness? Then talk to us. Through years of consulting with clients all over the world, the Pinnacle Business Group and Architecture's Center of Excellence have developed an understanding of what makes a consultant-client relationship work. And this understanding comes to every engagement. The Pinnacle Business Group assists organizations in solving their business and system challenges with its unique, proven approaches, bringing teams of business and system personnel together to jointly define business and system requirements. The teams are led through a series of facilitated activities to provide innovative solutions to their business and system challenges. We look forward to hearing from you. Visit PinnacleBusinessGroup.com. Are you frustrated with your business strategy, mission, or enterprise architecture efforts? If so, the book, Reaching the Pinnacle, a methodology of business understanding, technology planning, and change by leading enterprise architect practitioner Sam Holzman brings a method to the marketing madness that surrounds the enablement of business and mission strategy and enterprise architecture. This helpful, no-nonsense book sheds light on this poorly understood topic. It helps business executives and technology professionals build an enterprise architecture appropriate to their organizational needs, enabling their business and mission strategy. Enterprise architecture is the rethinking of how business and mission planning and information technology can support each other to achieve its strategic and mission objectives through the development of a series of project initiatives and agile models. Reaching the Pinnacle is available at Amazon.com. You are listening to The 2020s Enterprise with Sam Holzman. We welcome questions and comments about the program via email to sam at eacoe.org. That's sam at eacoe.org. Now, back to The 2020s Enterprise. Welcome back to The 2020s Enterprise. We're speaking about business architecture and developing business capabilities. And as I mentioned before the break, we were chatting about how do we actually get started in a fruitful manner rather than what we tend to do, which is this concept of interviewing. And what we do and what's recommended is we begin our discussion, and I'm just going to throw out a number here to sort of get your mind focused. We want to put something on the table that I'm going to call a 0.7 representation. Now, why 0.7? because eventually we want to get to 1.0. But what I want to tell everybody is, this is a starting point. This is a starting point. Let's show you some things that we can comment on. And so we'll say, you know, we looked at the organization, and we're going to throw out some ideas here. Here's some of the capabilities that we found in this document that, uh, that you developed. 
and we show them the traceability. You know, we've got this capability from this particular document that was written by Joe or Mary or Tom. And we see here, these are the three types of goals that we're trying to achieve over the last, uh, the next five years. And we got that from this particular document. Notice the traceability and transparency. We didn't sit around the table singing kumbaya and thinking this stuff up. We have traceability back to the business folks. That gives people confidence that we're actually using the things that they've put together in their own organization. And so what we do is we, the architecture team, the business architecture team, the people that are going to actually facilitate the concept of building capabilities with the organization, we give them that head start through a series of traceable and transparent representations. And the reason we call this 0.7 is it's our starting point. So now we have that. And now, now we bring in the subject matter experts. And we can bring them in through interviews, through working sessions, whatever you'd like. But they have something to munch on. Now, let's go into one of these sessions just fictitiously, of course, here. So we have a series of representations of the goals that we want to achieve. And we got those, the architecture team got those through various documents that are uh, obtained in the organization that's there or the processes, or the capabilities. And we go to our first person, Mary, and Mary, we're going to be interviewing her now. And we say, Mary, here's the information that we received on this particular area. You're the, you're the division head here, and these are the capabilities that we found in various documents that are out there. Let's start off discussing these things, see if we have a, an understanding of what's going on in the organization. And Mary may look at that and say, uh, no, 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 no. I don't know where you got that one. That particular one went out with a horse and buggy days. We don't do that anymore. We don't need that. That's not a capability that we need, or that's not a process that we need, or that's not a goal that we're trying to achieve anymore. And we say, fine. Now, what we do is we reference that and say, Mary told us on September 12th at 4.30 in the afternoon that that was no longer required. And we document that in front of her, not for indictment, but for traceability, to make sure people recognize that everybody now recognizes that that is no longer valid. That's a great thing. We're sort of like cleaning out some of those things that people may be thinking about. Now, Mary is going to come back to us with one of three possible responses. One response is absolutely. Another response is I'm not sure. (laughs) And the third response is hold on a second. (laughs) Maybe I've got to look at this a little bit closer. Now options two and three are not negative, but now you see why this concept of human consumability and top of mind is so important because this is what we get. Because when we go in to interview people cold, we're, they're expecting to give us an answer because that's what we're expecting. And that becomes some version of the truth. So in this particular process where we start off with something that is traceable back to the people that are in the organization, and we then go ahead and modify it, we have that traceability. Now, coming back to Mary for a moment, if it's a hold on or a second, or I gotta think about it, not a problem at all. What we just did was get people to recognize why we're going through this. Now, let's go again from a positive standpoint. Mary says, absolutely correct. That particular goal, we do wanna keep achieving that, and that is, the description of that is perfect. So we've just moved the model from 0.7 to 0.8. <laughs> now, how do you think we're going to get to 0.9? Well, remember the other group of people, the review team? We're going to do the same thing with them. We're going to say to them, hey, let's take a look at this. Here's where it came from, 0.7. Here's who's reviewed it, 0.8. Now, it's your turn to take a look at this thing from a different perspective 
either to agree or disagree or have a discussion on this particular thing that's there. When they're done, it gets to 0.9. And when we get through the process, the methodology will eventually get to 1.0. All the while, we have this really nice, traceable, and transparent path. And this doesn't take very long. And it's good because of the traceability. And it's fast because of the traceability. Once we pe- people get into this groove, they start recognizing how this all works. And we can build a capability in an organization, usually in about six elapsed weeks, is when we can get a full architecture, business architecture in our organization. Six elapsed weeks. At the same time, we're minimizing business intrusion because we, the architecture team, are doing the heavy lifting and the subject matter experts, the customers, the stakeholders, are doing the modifications. And we want to be agents for the organization, trusted advisors, and they see us as their assistance, if I can use that phrase. They're in charge. What we're doing is putting together an understanding of what's going on. So I gave you a long explanation of this first step because it is vital. And what happens after that is the process flows so quickly, it's astounding to a lot of organizations when they first do this. They say, man, this is really going quickly because there is this traceability and transparency and a vetting that goes on that is pretty good. It's all that traceability and transparency that's going on. Now, what do we have at at the end of this particular set of activities? Well, we have a series of representations that we can start talking about. And it describes what the organization wants to achieve in six things. And those six things have been talked about since I think the first item has been written down in trying to understand almost anything. Now, that sounds kind of obscure, but let me give you the six things. It's what, how, where, who, when, and why. These are the six things we need to understand about the capabilities we need in the organization. Now, the translation of those what, how, where, who, when, and why in our terminology in a business or an organizational standpoint would be something like this. Goals that we're trying to achieve, processes that we need to carry things out, data or materials that are used in the processes to achieve the goals, skills that the organization needs, both electronic, mechanical, computerized, and manual human being, the locations that may be something that affects the organization, and the events that the organization needs to attract, to to, uh, react to. And that's the what, how, where, who, when, and why. What we have to recognize is if we don't write these things down, it doesn't mean they're not there. It means that we're guessing about these things. And of course, in another episode of the 2020s Enterprise that you may have uh, 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 listened to, it was titled, Get Over It, The Hackers of One. (laughs) And that really has to do with what we're talking about here. If you don't write these things down, it doesn't mean it's not there. It means that we're guessing about these things. And as the phrase goes, we have to be right every time. They only have to be right once. So in our organization, we have to be cognizant of that. Now, we've got some really cute phrases out there right now to mask all of this. And it really is terrible that we're masking this. You hear the phrase, well, we have to tweak this a little bit. Or we found this vulnerability. Or we've got to come up with a version three or version four. All of those are masking the lack of getting it right the first time. And that's a harsh phrase, I understand that. And sometimes we need to be a little bit harsh to get people to recognize that the game has changed. What the internet has done is taken distance and time and shrunk it to virtually zero. This is the new competitive environment that's there. And we have to react to that and recognize that the business capabilities that we have 
are going through constant churn and constant change. And the competitive advantage that we have are going to be a little bit shorter than they were possibly even five years ago or 10 years ago for sure. How are we going to react to that? Let me be a little bit more direct. What is your approach to orders of magnitude change in complexities and orders of magnitudes and change in competition? What's your approach? I hate to be that direct, but let's think about that. Let you and the organization think about what's your approach. Writing software faster? Handcrafting it faster? I don't think so. Got to rethink this whole process and come up with an approach that is continuously looking at capabilities development and execution. So what's the next step after this first area? Now, as you heard, is when we get our subject matter experts involved. And we call that whole area the business modeling that's going on. And so we now go through, through a series of, can be interviews, it could be workshops, each one of these things in order to vet them out. And what we're going to be doing is making sure that we have a full understanding of what this is. And that full understanding requires more than a bunch of names. And another thing that we want to strongly suggest to you, that names are like a table of content in a book without contents. (laughs) So if you can imagine a table of contents in a book and you go to page 23 and there's nothing there, that's what we refer to as name models. So if I say to you one of the goals that we're trying to achieve is repeat business 40%, so the goal is to achieve 40% repeat business, what you'll get is the bobblehead nod. But how about this? That's a name. How about this? Achieve 40% repeat business strives to ensure existing customers returned for future business resulting in 40% of the customer base being repeat business and will be measured by the number of repeat customers compared to the number of new customers by no later than the end of the year 2021. That's a fully formed goal statement. You see how different it is, how expressive it is, how directionally understanding it is that's well beyond the name alone. So this is another caution for our audience here. Name models, and whether it's the goal model or the process model or any of these models, especially in the English language, if I can sort of indict the English language a little bit, is woefully inadequate. And if you don't believe me, go to the dictionary. Go to any dictionary. And of course, what you'll see in the dictionary is many definitions of a word. Well, which one was the author of this particular goal thinking about? And that's why we want fully formed statements that are there. So for each one of these elements we're talking about, we're going to have, of course, a name and then a fully formed definition. And with that definition, what we're going to have there is a guided template, not to force people into a specific format, but just to make sure that all the pieces are there. So what I just read to you as far as a goal statement has a long history too. And some of you may have picked up what that was. And that's the concept of SMART goals, S-M-A-R-T. So just as one example, the S-M-A-R-T stands for strategic, measurable, actionable, results-oriented, and time-bound. Those are the five components we need to understand a goal. And that goal statement that I just read you has all of that. Chief 40% repeat business, strives to ensure existing customers return for future business, resulting in 40% of the customer base being repeat business and will be measured by the number of repeat customers compared to the number of new customers by no later than the end of year 2021. Just an example for you. You've been listening to Sam Holzman, that's me. We're talking about business architecture and the development of capabilities. We'll continue this dialogue in just a few minutes. We'll be back in just a few minutes. See you soon.
Are you frustrated with your business strategy, mission, or enterprise architecture efforts? If so, the book, Reaching the Pinnacle, a methodology of business understanding, technology planning, and change by leading enterprise architect practitioner Sam Holzman brings a method to the marketing madness that surrounds the enablement of business and mission strategy and enterprise architecture. This helpful, no-nonsense book sheds light on this poorly understood topic. It helps business executives and technology professionals build an enterprise architecture appropriate to their organizational needs, enabling their business and mission strategy. Enterprise architecture is the rethinking of how business and mission planning and information technology can support each other to achieve its strategic and mission objectives through the development of a series of project initiatives and agile models. Reaching the Pinnacle is available at Amazon.com. Is your organization in the Internet age when those around you are moving into the information age? Are your hallway conversations filled with words and phrases like blockchain, AI, VR, cloud computing, and micro this and that? Are you interested in bringing some method to the madness? Then talk to us. Through years of consulting with clients all over the world, the Pinnacle Business Group and Architecture's Center of Excellence have developed an understanding of what makes a consultant-client relationship work. And this understanding comes to every engagement. The Pinnacle Business Group assists organizations in solving their business and system challenges with its unique, proven approaches, bringing teams of business and system personnel together to jointly define business and system requirements. The teams are led through a series of facilitated activities to provide innovative solutions to their business and system challenges. We look forward to hearing from you. Visit PinnacleBusinessGroup.com. You are listening to The 2020s Enterprise with Sam Holzman. We welcome questions and comments about the program via email to sam at eacoe.org. That's sam at eacoe.org. Now, back to The 2020s Enterprise. Welcome back to The 2020s Enterprise. I'm Sam Holzman, and in this episode, we're discussing business architecture and the development of the capabilities the organization needs to move to its desired state as it moves forward. And before our break, we gave you one example of a fully formed element of a capability, which is the goals. And we chatted about the importance of having not just a name, but a fully formed definition to make sure that is expressive enough to understand what is actually being done. And we'd have that same type of format for each one of the other elements that we need to understand the what, how, where, who, when, and why. And so I gave you an understanding of goals. I'm not going to go through all of these in our broadcast. We have the same type of format. It's going to be a different template, if I can use that phrase, different content for processes and materials or data, whatever you're comfortable with as far as a phrase goes. And role definitions, location definitions, and finally events. Each one of those will have their own format so we understand what's going on. So our first step in our methodology of developing capabilities for the organization was that preparation area where we're harvesting that information, getting the understanding of that initial representation through a traceable set of documentation. Second step was building out these understandings and getting vetting review from the core and review team, subject matter experts, and that second set of eyes. And for references, we were using some numbers to sort of give you an anchor point. The architecture team puts the 0.7 model together. The core team enhances, modifies, vets that, becomes 0.8. The review team brings more understanding there to get to 0.9, and obviously we're approaching 1.0. And the third step of the methodology, the process of building capabilities, we call business model analysis. And what we're doing there is analyzing these things to figure out what's going on. And in that, we're going to build a second set of representations that give us the binding, the understanding of the nuances in our own organization. And we call these relationship models. 
Not complicated at all. Now, what is a relationship model? So, for example, what we need to have explicitly defined, for example, is what processes does the organization need or what processes should the organization perform to meet its goals? So now we're taking two elements, processes and goals, and looking at a mapping. Well, this process is used to support that goal and that goal and that goal. That goal needs these seven processes, and we see those in a two-dimensional matrix, essentially, that's there. Now, human beings, once again, we're talking to human beings, are pretty good at looking at single-dimensional models and two-dimensional models. Again, taking into account the human consumability aspects of what we're trying to do. Something that's not understandable by human beings will give us the bobblehead nod, which is not what we want. But nobody will tell you that. You get that bobblehead nod, and of course, after you leave the room, people say, well, that was really great. I'm glad we went through that. Or they won't say anything. And of course, when we have the actual implementation, we find out it wasn't even close to what we were looking for. So this step in the process is building these explicit representations. And each one of them tells us something that's important. How about this one? Here's the skills that we need to perform the processes in the organization. Wow. Or the events we have to react to. An event could be a new competitor enters our marketplace. How does that affect our goals? What about our processes? Some of these processes that we consider to be world-class, are they still there? Do we have an understanding of the locations that our new competitor works at? So you can see that these relationship models, some people like to call them, by the way, implementation models, give us another set of insights into the organization. We analyze before we implement. The life cycle that we want to think about is four relatively simple steps. You architect, putting a series of representations together. You analyze, you design, and then you assemble solutions or assemble capabilities, whatever you like to call them. Architect, analyze, design, assemble. And each one of those should be easy to understand and easy to trace from the business. I truly believe that a lot of us in the technology community are enamored with complexity. And that complexity is reflected in what we do and what we give our business partners. Well, we've got to get away from that. The objective is not building a series of models with model mania, but helping the business achieve its desired state. That's what we're trying to do. The enabler of business strategy, that's the end game. Not the elegance of models, not how many different types of models we can throw out there. As a matter of fact, it's just the opposite. Elegance is in simplicity. It's easy to do things hard. It's very hard to do things easy. So the first thing we did in our step of analysis is putting these relationships together. Now from that, we're gonna use a little bit of science and mathematics first to figure out what these capabilities are. And when we were exploring this particular concept quite some time ago, meaning decades ago, not weeks or months or years, but decades ago, we were fascinated on how things come together in a group. Now, what do I mean by that? Let's think about this for a moment. If I say the word to you, house, fascinating how that one word triggers a common thought. Now, some of you may be thinking big house, little house, colonial, uh, contemporary, but you're thinking about a house. You're not thinking about bubblegum. You're not thinking about a leaf rake. Not thinking about a pencil. You're thinking about a house. Fascinating how that image comes in place. Now, let's go a little further. If I say within a house, a kitchen, you sort of down-select. You say, oh, yeah, I sort of know what that is. 
and you think about the components there. Stove, refrigerator, microwave, garbage disposal, sink, faucet. Fascinating, isn't it? Well, it was to us. Because what that was doing was giving us a cluster, a grouping of things that had a common purpose. Ergo, a capability. And so that's how we sort of migrated to this, studied this path. And it took some quite some time. And the analysis, if any of you are interested, the mathematics and the science behind this is actually called affinity analysis. Now, in this broadcast, I'm not going to talk to you about this because it does take some time and it gets kind of boring, frankly. But basically, what we're going to be doing is putting together some mathematical formulas to give us a beginning point. We're going to take all of this stuff that's out there and say, hey, core team, review team, business experts, let's take a look at these groupings of things together that we put a label on. And that label is essentially a capability name. And that's all it is. And to give us a head start, we're going to be using a little bit of math, that's all, to get us started. And we're going to say, look, these goals and these materials and these processes and these roles and these locations and these events, if we look at the names and the definitions, you know, it sort of looks like a boat charter preparation capability. We put a name on it. Now, how do we get those elements there? That's where the mathematics helps us out. It gives us a head start. Now, we don't know if it's 100% correct, but it gives us a head start that's there. And then we can put our brain back in gear with our business people to refine that. We're trying to accelerate the process. So the phrase preparation of boat charters is a capability is not enough. Once again, we have that same sin of just a name. What does that mean? And so what we want to do is to make sure it's expressive. Well, that means that these goals are going to be achieved through that capability. In order to do that, here's the processes that we need to be able to do within that capability to carry that out. And here's the material or data that we need to operate on. And oh, by the way, here's the skills that we need, both human and mechanical or computerized, to carry out that capability. And here's the locations that may be impacted by this, and finally the events. And so what we're talking about here is a structured approach to a topic that needs a little bit more than just conjecture. So coming back, we started off with a series of documents, a series of presentations, a series of strategic documents or elements or presentations or PowerPoint slides or whatever they are. And we as the architecture team took all that stuff and tried to build a series of six representations, the what, how, where, who, and why, to figure out what the organization was about. Then we took that to our core and review team to get a little bit more understanding of what that was. That was the vetting going on there. Please remember, again, just for your information, 0 0.7, 0 0.8, 0 0.9, those anchor points. Once we had that all put together, we said, now we got to understand the binding that goes on. For example, what processes do we need to achieve what goals? What skills do we need to perform what processes? And we call those relationship models. Once we were done with that, we used a little bit of mathematics and science to take all of that stuff, all of that stuff, and break it down into clusters. And the mathematics that we use is a concept called affinity analysis. But if you go to the physical, you can think about a house. Here's all the stuff, and look, it looks like a kitchen. Here's all the stuff, oh look, it looks like a bathroom. Here's all the stuff, it looks like a bedroom. Oh, look at all this stuff, it looks like a dining room. And that clustering is what we essentially call, in our terminology, the 0.7 capabilities. And we'd go through that same type of quick vetting with our core and review team. So we use a little bit of math to get us started, and then we put our brain back into this.
to vet that out. And the final thing we do is to figure out what the prioritization, what the importance of these capabilities are to our organization. And what we're going to do there is to map that back to what? The business drivers, the business goals. We'll be able to look at it and say, these particular capabilities are going to be supporting that particular goal. And therefore, since those goals have the highest priority, this should be the first capability that we should look at. And then we'll look at our asset base. Do we have that in our organization? If we do, fantastic. Maybe some of it is good, some of it's not. We can improve on that. Oh, look at number two. Wow, that supports this next set of goals we have in our organization. But we don't really know how to do that. We can rent it, we can buy it, we can build it. And we start understanding how the capabilities support the business drivers, that direct mapping that we're talking about. So in summary, the way they're going to build capabilities is not through declaration or sitting around the table singing Kumbaya and drinking Cabernet, although that may not be a bad idea. We're going to use a little bit of science to be able to get us started. But that science or that process is sort of going to be masked because the objective here is not model mania, but helping the business move from its as a state to its desired state in a traceable and transparent manner. And the way we're going to be doing that is through a structured process. And our recommendation is a six elapsed week process in what I just talked about, elapsed week. Not daily work by the uh, business people by any means. The concept is always the same, minimize business intrusion. So we call those steps, we start off with what we call project preparation, putting together a plan to move forward, doing that initial understanding, that initial harvesting of the representations we need to review with our core and review team. Then we go into what we refer to as business modeling, which is understanding the elements of the organization, the what, how, where, who, when, and why. Then we go into the analysis of that information to build out our capabilities and put a prioritization together. And at the end, we have a prioritized list of capabilities the organization needs to move from its as-is state to its desired state. And that's what we refer to as business architecture that is the activity of developing business capabilities to move the organization forward. The end state is a series of business capabilities that the organization needs to meet the objectives it has in the organization. I hope that gives you an, un- an understanding of business architecture, the concepts of building capabilities, and we, of course, would welcome any comments and questions you have. I can always be reached at sam at eacoe.org, sam at eacoe.org. Until next time, much success. Hopefully, you'll try some of these things. We'll see you next time. Bye.